podcast that investigates the experience of self, the events that have shaped our world, the people that we have become, by focusing on the person first. What's the most powerful effect you can have on another person? I think the, um, I think when you when you make someone cry, it, it, that's when you move them the most. So it's either tears of joy or tears of pain, you know. So sometimes if you're, because of the sort of work I do, um, sometimes it's uh, you bring up. If someone opens up to you, they bring up an old pain, and sometimes you see tears flow. And sometimes it's uh, you just, you know, if you're lucky enough, you can make someone feel so good about themselves yeah. that it's tears of joy. So yeah. either way, I think that's when you've really moved someone. Does that happen um, frequently? Yeah, yeah. Especially to me. That's, I mean, <laughs> I, I've got a knack of making women cry. I used to, <laughs> used to when I had the salon night, it was a, it was a joke that. A lot of the staff said, oh, no, he's got another one crying in his chair, you know. Like. <laughs> but there is something very, um, you know, we, we do touch people when we do our job. So there's very few jobs you do where you actually touch someone. Mm. And that breaks down all barriers. Mm. So then they feel free to open up. And, yeah. and then if you're someone who's probably, oh, I think I'm probably quite good at listening, that as you allow them to express themselves and then stuff does come out. That's why... People talk to the hairdresser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then do they get listened to much, the people you, t- you meet on a day-to-day basis? Well, now that I do haircuts for homeless, no. Um, and what, someone said it quite profoundly when they said, we just feel invisible. Yeah. And that really hit me, you know, that someone... And the other thing I've said many times is when someone said to me that um, they thank me, oh, thank you for talking to me. Really? You know, like another human being, like, thank you. Where have we come? Where have we come that someone thanks you for speaking to them? You know. Yeah. You know, and some there's there's people we see actively on the streets are very vocal, and do engage with each other and the public, but there's many we see on the streets who don't. Yeah. You know, and they literally can go a couple of weeks without speaking to someone. So when we interact with them on a very personal level, yeah, it, it means a great deal to them. Do you think that, that has changed then, like year on year with social media and people using their phones to communicate and get their information? Yeah, of course. I think, you know, I've said before, it, 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 we've become a very intrinsic society, you know, like every, everyone's, everyone's sort of like involved in themselves and we don't reach out, we haven't got contact and social gatherings of clothes you know like the church you know whatever faith the churches are in decline so you've got that community thing of churches not you know they was a big part of community weren't they yeah you know who goes to church you know like, i know some do but it's do you, yeah, 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 yeah yeah and it's great and you know and when i do find people of faith you know it's nice to speak to them and 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 see because i'm interested in all faiths you know like I come across all faiths, and I, because I, I work in places that are Christian-led, Salvation Army-led. Um, I've been, I've worked with Muslims and Hindus when they're working in the community. So I've, I've sort of, I've sort of come across everyone, and, and everyone, every faith and denomination in who I cut their hair as well, you yeah. know, like that as well, you know, and it, it fascinates me. And the, the things I find as well in, interesting is there was one early, early on when we was in Ilford. 
and it was the Indian uh, caste system. Yeah. And they, they actually a fight broke out. Because wow. they had a queue of who got the haircut next, and this guy was a higher caste than the other guy, and he didn't feel he should wait for him. Wow. <laughs> and ended up, they, they come to blows, you know. So, and you think, like, surely you're all, you must be, at a, you're in a common denominator there. Guys. You've really you know, reached you, you, a level you, of. You, you know, you're in a level of. So, but yeah. hierarchies can stay no matter what the circumstances. Gosh, that's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. And and, it, and it, there again, I've met fantastic. Uh, I like people and religions and people of faith who actually put their money where their mouth is. Yeah. The, 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 you know, like my favourite saying, one of my I've got many favourite sayings. One of them is like, "God moves mountains, but it's best to bring a shovel." <laughs> you know? And I love that because it's like, you know, yeah. we've all got responsibilities yeah. to do. To do uh, yeah. You know, and I go to all these different places and these centres and. Some people are, are really, really doing it yeah. And, yeah. and doing the work. And some people are just proud to show me their surroundings. You know? yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, it's very nice, but can I just go and speak to homeless yeah. people? You know, like, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's not for me to judge. Like, yeah. I'm the last person who can judge about anything. Yeah. When we talk to people and some of these questions that we've got come up, you normally see them answer it through a prism of their own experience or maybe a community they're a part of, a working community. Um, in your life, you've um, built up your own company and and so you provided for you and your family and friends, what have you. And then mm. there was a reset kind of moment mm. where you then went out um, ostensibly with nothing to um, people who have no power um, mm. and um, and helped them. So when I ask the word, like, what does dignity mean? Normally people answer it in that first form. But you're going to have a changing view of what dignity is, right? Because you would have viewed oh, yeah. it through you and now through these other people yeah. that you work with on a day-to-day basis. So, Well, I, my, and as well through age, you know, like yeah, right. dignity meant different things to me at a younger age. Mm-hmm. And now I'm older yeah. and a little bit wiser. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a total different ball game. Yeah. And as well, because a big thing for me, because like, obviously I'm in recovery. Mm. So... Um, when you go for a twelve step recovery, you 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 have to reevaluate your life. Recovery from what? Sorry, uh, drugs and uh, al- mainly alcohol. You know, so I, I've I've not I've been sober for thirteen years now. Okay, congratulations and, and thank you. Oh yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. um, but you know, it's it to go through that process and to stay sober. Mm. You have to c- completely reevaluate your life and your ideals. Um, and you have to find uh, what makes you tick, you know. So, you know, like the man I was before that to the man I am now, with totally different ideas of that, of dignity. And I see dignity. I see dignity people on the streets of nothing, and they've still got dignity. And sometimes we're we're able to, in a small way, give them a little bit more. Yeah. Or give them someone who hasn't got any, doesn't feel that... Everyone's got that they feel they haven't got any. Yeah. And we can enable them a little bit more. Or they forget what it's like, right? Yeah. To be treated and... Yeah. One thing you said when we first met that stuck with me, you give people a choice. Yeah. Makes them feel human again. Yeah. How they have their tea made. Yeah. Or or how they have their hair cut. Yeah. And they now have... They can be a um, critic. They can be fussy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people often imagine that they've... 
It's how they should be grateful. I love that one. Why should they? Yeah. You know, like, you know. You're not. <laughs> yeah. Do you, want a, do you want a bad haircut? I mean, you know, I've had a few and they, they're not great, you know. And even in no matter what circumstances, then why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't yeah. they say, oh, no, I want it a bit this, 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 you know? Yeah. And why not? And that, that defines hum, you know, what it means to be probably English as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to complain. <laughs> oh, but yeah. They, they, most people don't. Yeah, they, they go around the corner and say, oh, "That's a terrible haircut I've got." <laughs> you show them the back, and they go, "Is that all right?" Mm. Oh, it's lovely. Thank you so much. Lovely. Oh, that's rubbish. I'm never going back. Yes, yeah, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you define... I'm taking over the questions. Have you, have you got one? No, you can carry on. What, um, what do you... How, how do you think of a successful life, that phrase? What does that mean to you, a successful life? <laughs> a lot, a lot. It's a lot different to what it was years ago. Yeah. You know, it's funny and I laugh. I, you know, like sometimes I cringe. But what I thought was success a long time ago, you know, is so different, so far removed from what I think it is now. You know, success for me now is, you know, and it, it's a success is full of cliches. So you've got to forgive me now, but yeah, you know, good. it's it's a happy family. Yeah, um, it's making a difference. Um, there's there's this. I'm fascinated by money. I'm absolutely fascinated. Oh, yeah. and, and, you know, it's people's attitudes towards money. What I'm fascinated with, you know, especially in our country. You know, this, this, the, oh, you mustn't talk about, oh, you mustn't talk about money. And I've said this before, you know, mm. like, um, you, <laughs> you know, I think there's rather talk about porn than money, you know, like they're, they're, they're like, it's a dirty word, you yeah. know, and you, you don't ask people how much they earn, and you, you know, and there was an element of politeness about that as well. Yeah. But like, if you compare us to someone like an American culture, where, He's doing really well. He earns good money, and, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. Yeah, um, we're almost like, oh, you can't, mustn't, you know. And it, but the thing about it is, it's money is fine. It's not, it's not a, the demon, you know, that that we think it is. That's right. But you ha do not attach your happiness to it. That's right. Yeah. That's the thing, because in a practical thing, a practical way of living, you need it. Yeah. You know, haircuts for homeless. We need it. Yeah. You know, yeah. to get where we need to go. It's like it's just fuel for the engine. So without any fuel, you're not going to drive anywhere. Yeah. And it, the the problems come when people attach to happiness to it. Yeah, yeah. And the stuff that it brings. Because it brings stuff. And in cases, it brings power. And they're the things people get hooked on that are probably not good for them. I would say, yeah, the power element is what some people get addicted to. Yeah. Because money is fairly kind of transactional. If you're buying stuff with your money yeah. and the deal's done and you've got a home full of, you know, computers, handbags, jackets, whatever, cars on the lawn or whatever, yeah. that's going to either make you happy or, or not or for a certain period of time. But it's between you and that object where yeah. money affects other people's lives, you know, and you can buy people's time or you can you know, employ people or you whatever it is or you can control people with money that's the pernicious yeah. part of it isn't it I guess. that's yeah then then you're in a whole different area yeah i mean I, I there's nothing wrong with someone going out and buying a nice car mm. you know uh i would i mean i've got to change mine soon and it's not going to be the one i want yeah it's going to be the one i need yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah and it's going to be as nice as possible yeah for, for, for my budget yeah but i'm old enough to realize that i've got to stay to budget <laughs> was there a, a moment in your life then when you went for a, a big ticket item oh yeah as a 
And why were you why were you doing it? Why were you? What was the thing you bought? Because the thing was, uh, every I'll give you a story from my recovery, which I share in recovery, mm. which helps people a lot. Yeah, um, it's I'd got to a point in my life where I had I live. I'm lucky enough to still live there, but it's because I like where I live, you know, it's not nothing about the, but it's one of these prestigious areas, you know, with the big houses and the ex-footballers and all that. That's, yeah. that's what um, and one day I was uh, in my swimming pool and I bought myself a big inflatable chair thing and I had a big glass of brandy in one hand and I had a big cigar in the other and I'm laying in my pool, I think it's it probably a Monday or Tuesday, no one else was there, baking hot day. And uh, I was just sitting there thinking of ten different ways how I could end my life. Now, I had everything I thought I always wanted, but I felt so empty and alone. Even though I've got a wonderful family, I literally was seriously thinking, how could I go about this? Yeah. You know? So that's an odd thing. Yeah, very contradictory for a lot of people to see you yeah. amongst that yeah. level of um, luxury. You would think that, well, that's what a lot of people, we see people on documentaries and all the rest of it living in that type of environment and they're meant to be living their yeah. best life, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And so what was, what? How? why were you missing the connection? What, why weren't you connecting with something that was important to you? Because I had this problem internally and I was trying to fix it externally, yeah. which is the common thing of the addict. Mm. And addi- addiction comes in many, many forms. Sure, yeah. You know, mine was that, but yeah. other people's, it could be anything. It could be shopping, porn, anything. Yeah. You know, it can be anything that you try and change the way you feel yeah. with something external yeah. can become a problem. Did you get these kind of rush moments of what you consider to be excitement, but they were anxiety then? Oh yeah. They preceded you going on a bender or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean you would you would create a scenario to get everyone round and have this massive big party. Yeah. And the minute everyone arrived you'd want them all to go. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause you I I've I've been I've I've almost hidden in my own house. Yeah. You know, like I've got all these people and now I want them all to disappear. Yeah. It, it's an odd thing. It's a really odd odd condition to have. I could relate a little bit to what that is. That's the anticipation of a, a great big party. Mm. Nothing's actually happened yet, but you think things are going to change. Mm. And then you never reach a, a moment of clarity, a peak. No. You're, it's like a, you know, an endless slope you're trying to climb. Yeah. And you, it's a bit... Because a nurse explained it to me once, that, that you know, what they often do is, is if you've got a real sort of open wound, they allow it to breathe and it will repair from the outside in but what you do if you cover that up yeah and you're waiting it for it to repair from the inside out it'll often fester mm. you know and it yeah creates a yeah and that's sort of what you've got there it's this sort of it festers inside you know because yeah. you're just covering it up all the time and you need to you need to go deep and this is what people shy away from in recovery this is what people often aren't successful i've met many people and unfortunately there's not many of us last the course because you have to go deep mm. and you have to really look at yourself and it's an ugly thing to look at because mm. we're not what we think we are when we look yeah it, it, you know it's not pleasant <laughs> you know uh, 
we do an inventory, you know, part, yeah. part of what we do is an inventory, you know, and, and, and that's, that's scary, you know. Yeah. But it's the best therapy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've had all sorts of therapy over the years, you know, and yeah. uh, all these things, and, cause, and it was never going to work because I lied through my teeth. You know, you've got someone there sitting, say, like you was trying to help me, and you say, right, Stuart, I'm going to help you. Like, just tell me what it is. And I would lie to you and then wonder why you can't help me. Yeah. You know, you say, do you drink a lot? And I go, no. Well, do you take drugs? No, not really, no. You know? Associate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all that stuff, you know. And, you, and, then you're like, what? and then you wonder why you don't get any help for yeah, all that yeah. stuff, you know. I think that inventory thing, everyone should do anyway. Oh, we don't. You're doing a business, don't you? You know, a business has to have an inventory. You have to know, you know, your stock levels and you know what's a good seller and what's what's what needs to be canned. Well, yeah. this is what you have to do with yourself. Yeah. You know, and you have to all that stuff that's not working for you. It's got to go. And then, but it's your motivations and things. You know, I used to think I was so generous, but it was just pure people pleasing and self search seeking, and you know, I was all I wanted was massive pat on the back. You know, right? What What is generosity now to you? Um, time is the most... I think time is the most valuable commodity we've got now. Mm. You know, it, it, it surpasses any amount of money or anything. We've only got, each us three sitting here, we've got 20 or 4 hours in a day. Mm. And it's out what, we, what we do with that, yeah. you know? Um, and if you give someone... So this is why I'm so grateful to my volunteers... Um, like yesterday, a really well-known hairdresser, like she gets flown around the world to teach. She spent the day with me and Lonnie, who was in the TV advert, the girl oh, with yeah. the red hair, oh, yeah, yeah. who I'm now getting her skills back to get her back into hairdressing. And she's had a whole day with this with with Ashley Hodges, you know, who selfishly selflessly gave her time up. Now that to me, you know, I mean, if you've got um, you know your Bible, so he's got <laughs> the woman who gives two mites compared to the man who gives a, you know, that is the thing, right. you know. So, you know, it's wonderful to give, you know, and it depends on your budget, what you give, but you're just giving something you've got to give. Whereas time, like a day out of someone's busy life, mm. that's, that's impressive. Before your work, I've got to take over again. Sorry, Alvin. I've just got so many questions. <laughs> um, before your work with homeless people, um, did you have purpose in your old job? You were doing the same thing. You were haircutting. Yeah, you you do. And, and uh, to be honest, this is why people stick with it. I mean, pe- people were in hairdressing. Uh, it's a very un- undermined industry. They do so much good. They're such a, it's such a wonderful industry. Yeah. Um, and it's so gratifying because you've got like, um, you know, if you work in a corporate environment, say, I should imagine that you get like a review once every quarter where someone gives you either a slap or a, pack, a pat on the back. Probably nowadays a nice pat on the back. <laughs> uh, you know, but that's, we get it all day long. The minute we hold that mirror up... Yeah. And someone's face lights up. Immediate feedback. Immediate feedback. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this is what people do it for. Yeah. You know, when you, when it becomes your own a business, and you, you know, you don't go into hairdressing to pay that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or do tax returns, or you know, you're doing it to make a difference to people. Yeah. We feel it's in a in a small way, but it can be a really 
massive improvement on someone's day. Yeah. Yeah. So your purpose, that, that's remained kind of constant. Do you think you've got more meaning and purpose from your day-to-day work now? Of course, but, um, because early on it was run by ego. My whole life was run by ego. Right. So it's good. Egos are great, you know. The egos are fascinating because they, you get stuff done. I was going to say, yeah, it moves you things know, along. It moves things along. You, you achieve, you do all these things, but then when an ego's out of control, mm. you, you, your motives might be the wrong ones, and you might do things for the wrong reasons and that. Yeah. But with, with, without one, you're not going to get anything done. But it's keeping control of that, yeah. Or you know, not letting it control you. But I look back on my early career, and it was all about. You know, sorry. Was it all about money? Or well, it, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was about money, and it, but it was about. It wasn't just. It was. It was. A, a, um, it was achieving. You know, like because I, I done quite well early on as a as a young fella. So I, I bought. A, I, I bought because it was easier then these days than it is for kids now. You know, like. But I bought my own house young, and then I, I sort of bought a bigger house young, and then I sold that and bought a free old property to buy my salon. And this was all by about 26. Wow. And then I bought another property, a second salon, because you can't go wrong with bricks and mortar. Yeah. But then that was 80, 88 you bought the first one. I think 90 I bought the second one. 91 we had the crash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I was paying like 16% yeah. interest rate. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it kept me skint for about 10 years, Jeez. you know. Yeah. But... That ego, that drive, kept me achieving things. And I bought, uh, I ended up renting the place. I bought that, and I bought the place next to it, and I knocked it into two. And in in the um, early part of two thousands, I sold my first shop and converted that to flats, and sold those. That was the point where I ended up with a swimming pool. Interesting. <laughs> that was the point where everything really came. Uh, probably the most comfortable I've been but the least comfortable in my skin which is mid 30s then that would have been well I went into AA at 44 so I would say it's late 30s late 30s yeah did your um, and I use the word success as a placeholder yeah, not yeah. actually the definition here but because yeah, yeah. it's uh, different interpretations but did that moment of, of success isolate you more and more from the people around you not just family but people who didn't have your responsibilities and didn't understand your process. If you didn't have, do you have a business partner? You did it kind of on your own, right? Uh, so they all on my own, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I've got a sister uh, who, who really has always gone, been there every step of the way with me, but it was always my name on the door. Right. So even if it's one other person, you're only sharing that experience with one other person. Yeah. But was there an element of isolation there? Or do you think you always felt still connected to other people, to other stories? And, and did you value people do, do you know what i'm getting to? I know, yeah yeah i don't I, I think no i think i was very disconnected but a lot of that was internal a lot of that i was disconnected from myself yeah because i uh, part of you know that when you go through recovery you have to find a higher power in whatever form it takes but the biggest part of that is is letting go of your ego yeah because you think you run everything if we should explain that to listeners, because they may not be familiar with the 12-step program, yeah. but a higher power doesn't have to be uh, a god or a, you know, some omnipotent no. being. It just is, is something other than you that you give yeah. power over to yeah. and say, I'm not you know, 
I can't yeah. make decisions in this space. I have to follow yeah. a guide. I think my personal, for what it's worth, I, I think it's just about letting, letting the ego go. I yeah. think it's a process to, to get to get shot of your ego yeah. uh, to a point where it doesn't control you. Yeah. Um, it's that realisation that you don't run the universe. Yeah. You know, that... And it, it's, it's a way of living. So a way of living now is, you know, I'm far from... Uh, I, you know, I'm far from uh, a saint. <laughs> but I try and put stuff right straight away, you know. If you see yourself... If I, if I see... Because if I, I, we've got default, you know, like that. Go back to default, yeah. you know, this computer. Sorry, I'm pointing at a computer. But, like, it's got a default, you know. Like, we've got that default. And, unfortunately, it's quite... It, it's not the best place to go to but I'll go there you know like I was saying earlier because of my sort of <laughs> this morning yeah I was all stressy when I first got here yeah you know, and I had to process all that and stop myself acting out and all these things you know it's, it's work it's it's sort of like work it is work you know because some people just live in that moment of stress being right I'm going to make all my normal decisions right here or yeah they don't wait for their state to change or they don't work on What's the word? It's kind of like getting the perspective, I guess. Yeah. On where you are right now, yeah. where where you know you you should be. Yeah. I think, and because we were talking about high power, but I think it's 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 crucial for people to have faith in something, in a bit of a faithless world. You know, like whatever that is. You know, like whatever that is. I. And I see it now. I see it. I see it when I, I may cut. Often when I, I'll cut like a Muslim guy's hair. And he cannot speak a word of English to me. Yeah. Uh, but at the end, they go like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just this lovely, human, respectful yeah. interaction. And I think that's what we, we have to cling on to nowadays. Because there's so many... You know, and people think that... And, and then religion gets a bad rap, you know, because they say, oh, because of religions have wars, all these things. No, it's because of man... Absolutely, and men and men's egos yeah. and men's twisting and people bring what they want with their principles. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's that's the person not what who brings that's about. Yeah, exactly. You're quite right. It's like when people speak on like biases and technology. Technology is never biased. It's the people that make it. Uh, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, so I think I wanted to backtrack back to like addiction, just yeah. because. So you spoke about how. Um, you were in the process of you buying houses, you're flipping them, like you, you're making a lot of money. I, I'm assuming. Um, was it in that process? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> I weren't that good at it. That's um, a problem. <laughs> when, in that process, were you um, like? Is that was that like the the preliminary stages to your addiction? Like, what was going in that that end of that resulted in you deciding that? Because I think to decide that I'm I'm an addict is like it's quite a big thing. Was yeah. it a, like was it a process? Was it one day that I decided? Was it? Like... Um, it it's so individual. Anything about addiction is really personal, yeah. you know, because pe- it affects people in different ways. I probably, I probably had it. A re- first realization I had a problem was at nineteen. Yeah. I got my first served my first drink in a pub at fourteen, and it lit me up like a pinball machine, and I thought this is for me. I like this. <laughs> You know, I, I was like, you know, John Wayne. I was like... Yeah, <laughs> transformed. Transformed, you know. It, it just, it really did light me up. So I, um, 
obviously I hit it hard. Yeah. And even by at 19 to think you better stop drinking, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he tells you something, you know. Yeah. And then I had that on and off for years, you know, like. But the problem is what you find with anything like that, the consequences get worse. Yeah. The stakes and, get higher. And the bouts of sobriety get shorter. Yeah. And the ease, because you could stop. Yeah. But it's stopping. It's not. It's that just the fact the fact of you you've stopped it means it's still a problem because it's having to forcibly stop something. It's a bit like that's why diets don't work for people because the minute they're on a diet they're denying themselves something and they want it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, technically it doesn't really work, and that's yeah. what was happening with this. You know, and in the end, you, you, you people are almost saying, "Oh, you better go and have a drink because you're nuts." <laughs> really? Yeah, because you 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 it does work. It regulated. Yeah, yeah it does work. It does dull down those senses um, but I think there again yeah the more you've got an empty life the more you're looking to fill it and then that's when this stuff comes in mm-hmm. and, and success on its own so if you attach your happiness to it I think that's what you were saying like you know the more of this because it feels it's, a, it's an empty success it's an empty victory all the time you want more and more and, it, and, and then you realise this is why so many people who have got the world at their feet yeah I mean that poor Love Island guy recently yeah. took his he, he, he is I don't know the chap's name Fia, Felicis or right. I, I really apologise I can't remember his name to say it right but you know, he had everything going for him. Sure. A good-looking guy, like a Greek god, wasn't he? Like, you know, like, <laughs> and he had money coming in, and he yeah, loads of opportunity. You would say everything, and and if it's your if it's your thing, he had you know, women chase throwing themselves at him and all that stuff. Yeah, and yeah, he ended his life. Yeah, so that stuff can't make you happy. No, no. Some of that stuff. It's okay if you, you know, like I said before, I'm not like, you mustn't have a new car and you mustn't buy, you mustn't aspire to achieve. Yeah. That's, that would be the pendulum swinging too far the other way. Yeah, that's right. It's balance. Everything will come back to balance in life. Absolutely. Yeah. It completely is. You can't live in those extremes. No. No. Sorry, I didn't know if that... No, answered your question, but you did question. <laughs> you'd always get around about one. I'd always go off on one, you know. <laughs> Calvin, what's your experience with addiction? My, yeah, I don't think I've, um, I don't think I've struggled with addiction. I think, hmm. has it been around you? Have, has, has addiction been around me? Yes, I've I've seen a lot of addiction, definitely. Like, yeah. like, like everywhere, more or less. Um, a lot of my friends are still drug dealers, and I see, um, I see like the people who they um, sell drugs to. I've seen how it ruins their life because they put dependency on on so, like exactly what you said. They put dependency on something external, and they they just forget about everything around them and how it might affect other people. Yeah. So I feel I always for for myself it's about attaching, and I I guess that's probably why I believe in God, because in the grand scale of what God is, you are so insignificant, um, and you are just a being, and it makes you it removes ego, it makes you super humble, um, and it just allows you to do more because and it allows you not to I guess worry, because a lot yeah. of people do take drugs because it's like oh the anxiety and then this yeah. happened and that happened because like environment is the reason why a lot of these people do take drugs. Um, yeah. And then, but if you see yourself as insignificant, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to make sure that I'm 
pleasing to whatever I do have faith in. So whether it's um, I want to please humanity, I want to please God. And I guess that's just the way, um, like, I wire, wire things. So in addiction has never really been a thing for me. However, I see, like, I don't think, I don't see, I don't think I'm, I could be, like, it's impossible for me to fall into addiction. I just feel like I'm sort of making more, a more conscious effort to just remember that I'm, I'm nobody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just nobody. And just, and like, serve. I say it all the time, just serve and do what you can for humanity while you're here. There's the same hole there that needs to be filled, but you're just choosing different ways to yeah. fill it, right? Yeah. You're, you're filling it with a positive thing. Yeah. You know, and and you, but you have to have. I would, you know, you can't fake that stuff. Yeah. You've got to believe. You've got to have faith. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. And it's having faith in something positive as so, you know, because when you're a, when you're in a, you've got faith in that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you believe it's going to give you the thing that you're looking for. Well, faith is proof. Yeah. See, you you know by your own experience, that when you live a right way, you feel good about yourself and, and things work out better. Yeah. That's where your faith comes from. And, you know, uh, whereas someone has faith in their, you know, in their weed or their, <laughs> their coke or their, yeah. you know, because it, it works for them. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their faith is, is, is evidence of what they've done and it works. Got it. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. thing is, you know, like, it's, it's when you say about young kids and drug dealing and that, you know, it's, it's such a we've got such an epidemic going on yeah. because a young kid is faced with, you know, like a, a zero-hour contract, you know, like um, minimum wage, yeah. or they can go and sell like a bag for like yeah. uh, and make half of day's work. It's hard to to take that temptation away from her. We've got to replace it with something. Yeah. This is the thing. We've got to replace it. And and sometimes I find that we can't do a straight for a straight swap with that. There's not a straight swap. What we can do is we'd never make a straight swap with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's that what we can give them is what you've got, yeah. faith, what I have. I have faith in, in doing just sort of Doing something for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great antidote for your depression, for your bad, low self esteem. You just go out and help someone else. And sometimes people in recovery and they've been through it, and, and I, someone says, Look, I say, Go to AA, do what you've got to do. I said, But also, come down and watch Apple Mission with me. Come down and see the guys in there. Come and just watch us cut out and talk to people. Yeah. You know, and you'll walk out of there feeling lucky. Because I do every single session. Yeah. When you um, has the distance between a normal, secure life and a life where you, like I say, you're on the street and you're living very much day to day, has the distance and the possibility of you transitioning from one to the other become kind of more real, or do you got some insight into that? Like, did it always seem like a distant, distant province of homelessness, and is it now more? Re- is it now more connected? What, to me personally? Not not you, your own experience, but when you've heard stories and you've worked with these people, I think yeah. a lot of people can live in this world of unsharing, of, you know, saying I'm like this, you know, identifying their lifestyle in a certain way. A lot of yeah. Instagram seems to be about a propaganda of this is my life that's going on. All right, and, yeah. And inside it's something very different. Yeah. And when, when I see... when. A, a, some of the people we work with, especially in um, Christmas, when you're seeing people who are homeless and it's 
desperately, bitterly cold. Yeah. And, you know, some of the people come in and they're, like, in tears because they've seen this on the, on the street and they don't know what to do. They try to help them, what have you. But it always seems feels like a um, lifetime away. Like, oh, yeah. that could never happen to me. Yeah. What's your... You know, because obviously you're a man who's gone through some changes of thoughts. What's your yeah. opinion on things like that, of how these things can affect people? Um, it's become easier now to hit that level. Really? I think, this, I think the steps have shortened, you know, yeah. purely because of the economic climate. Um, rents are so high. Kids are, you know, uh, as we said... There's there's the family breakdown, so families are breaking down earlier. You know that they haven't got that. You know, haven't got faith with each other, or they, you know the families are not as strong. Yeah. So they're breaking up, and kids are just going. You know, they hide. I've I've come across like very young people, um, and they've had to get out of their family unit. Yeah. You know, because it's not safe. But I've met other people who are. Professional people have just had this string of bad luck. Yeah. And they're on the street. Yeah. Sometimes temporarily, but they're still on the street. Yeah. Sometimes they're in temporary housing, but they've not got a home, so yeah. they're homeless. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's homeless in so many different categories of yeah. being homeless. That's right. I... From being on the street to sofa surfing to, yeah. you know... She won't mind me saying, because I keep talking about Lonnie, the girl from the advert, on yeah. training now. Um, she's our pilot for the next level where we're going to try and get people back to work, you know. But Lonnie, like, she, she went from street homeless to being in a room in a house. Um, and she, she it, there was her and four other guys. So... Who, who, it's not, and it wasn't a sort of safe house or anything like that. So it's a temporary accommodation. She had her own room. Right. But obviously, like, overnight, she'd have to lock the door because the people might be banging on the door. You know, you know that sort sure. of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but technically, the box ticked, she's yeah. off the street. Yeah, that's not. She's right. not homeless. Yeah. But she hasn't got a home. Yeah. I mean, last year, another lady moved in. She's got an ally, and it's all much better for her now. Yeah. But those sort of situations, there's so many people that technically aren't homeless now. Yeah. Um, but they're far from removed from the problem. Yeah. We've got a couple of people in one of our projects that are in full-time work, but they're homeless. Because, you know, like it's, it's London-based, so to try and get a, a deposit on a flat, even yeah. if you're earning money, it's unachievable sometimes so they're in sort of sheltered temporary accommodation but they've got, they've actually got a full-time job yeah and that's when you realize how close we all are yeah absolutely you know and i was that's why i've got a real affinity because yeah you know um I, i've got a family just i've got a home just just yeah i had a business at the time just everything was skinned to the, you know by your fingernails stuff if someone's listening to this and thinking yeah, it's all very well, but I can't see myself having a future. I can't see it turning around for me. And this is a difficult question because I, I know you probably contemplated both sides of this argument. But um, when you think, um, what's the point in trying, continuing to try, continuing to get through a day or to not take your own life? What, how do you answer that to people if people say, look, how, but why? It, it all comes down to, to gratitude again. 
you know, and it's finding gratitude in anything you can find it in. Because um, when you are feeling that low, yeah. Um, now, it, it's not been the lowest point of my life, but it was it was right up there when I had to close the business after thirty years yeah. in November. Um, and there were times all over Christmas, and uh, and uh, you know, I was really, uh, you know, I was really close to the edge again, you know. Um, and then a particular day keeps coming back to me, and it was I was I was going to Ipswich to do my session because I kept doing this all the way through because it's something I to me I just do this now. No matter what happens in my life, this is what I do now to, to for the rest of my days. I will be cutting homeless people's hair. That's it. So I was off to uh, Ipswich. I'm really feeling bad. You know, it's like oh, I've lost everything. You know, because at that point the house might I might lose my house. All these things because of the insolvency. And then um, I went into this session, and this young guy, and it was cold at that point. And this young guy, same age as my son, 23, lived in a tent. And I'm cutting his hair and having a chat, and he's telling me about the the realities of living in a tent, yeah. of how when you zip up in the evening that your condensation forms and it's all dripping and then two in the morning it all freezes and yeah. all of these things that you don't ex- really think of, you know. And it's my son's age. And then I've gone from, I'm like, all of a sudden, then I'm like, I'm feeling grateful. I'm driving out of there thinking, you know, I'm right, giving myself a mental slap and yeah. saying like, yeah. you know, you, all right, you might lose your house. Yeah, but you'll probably be able to buy a smaller one, you know, or yeah. you know, like yeah. it, it's relative, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that—that's it's what I say about an antidote. Yeah, but it hasn't got to be profound stuff, you know. When you're struggling, I think the biggest thing is communication. You must reach out yeah. to whoever you've got, um, and you must tell people how you are. Yeah, that's the thing. This is what's happening now. Yeah, you can. You see, I worry very much about people who are so used to using an intermediary of technology to, for human connection. Yeah. To now, when they're in the moment of need, they've got it in Japan. Actually, they've actually got like a phrase for it: a hikikomori. These kids that just won't leave home, won't leave their room, no, and end up dying in them. So there is a link to gaming. Like some of them spend their time online, but it's not always about that. It's also no. about just not being part of society. And that is an option. That kind of wasn't really an option. No. You can get things delivered to you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can have a semblance of interaction. You you can get information. You you didn't used to be able to have that for internet and computers. And I'm really worried about, you know, how what that turning point of if if their mental health is suffering mm. and the decisions people make to kind of connect. And your story is a really important one because it is about that direct connection and that help you get for helping people who are powerless. Yeah. But through that very much that human mode of, you know, being from being hands on with them and talking to them about simple things and learning their stories and then seeing that emotional response of just a a change in their appearance, bringing about a, a lift in them. Yeah. That's really, really compelling. And, um, yeah, I just I do worry about the technology piece. Not not in a you know a luddite way. I just think no. there's got to be some kind of like counselling that goes with this type of thing, or some kind of engagement that, that talks about how to use technology in the right way. That's why communities are so important. I think it's so important. You know, like and and you know, communities, any any sort of community activity, it, it, it's about getting people together again. 
and speaking and talking and touching and you know yeah. like hugging whatever yeah. you know yeah. like just yeah, yeah, just yeah. like you know we're not machines no you know it doesn't matter how much we rely on them yeah you know we're not machines um do we um what's your relationship to um shame <laughs> the emotion of shame, shame. yeah um my relationship to shame I, it's a, it's a shame's a, you've got to be careful of that because shame in itself can become very disempowering you know like you can use it if you learn from it but shame the word itself is is, is something that you suffer from um it's good to reflect and to process but um shame's no use to you at all is it you know like i mean i i i, it's, I call it cringing you know because yeah. i i look back and i've done some terrible things you know and and I, maybe i'm filled with shame and remorse but i don't dwell on that because it does no use to me yeah you know i have to let i have to let stuff go yeah you know, i have to let if someone does something to me i have to let it go yeah you know. Did you always think like that? No. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to pay. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to pay. <laughs> I'm going to wait for them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. but no, that, that, that you, you cannot live like that. No. I think a lot of people do live, live with a lot of anger like that. Oh, of course they do now. I mean, the way people drive... Yeah, they're all nutters out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's you know like, but you can't attach to all that. You must, you must see the glimmer of light. Yeah, there's little glimmers of light that shine through when people do something nice to each other. Yeah, you know. But you, it, it, the but the rain clouds over and we're being surrounded and, and drenched. Yeah, with this anger and you know. Yeah. You see it. I think the best best place to see it is on the roads. Yeah, you know that's why I really don't like driving or getting involved in <laughs> anything to do with cars. Honestly, because it's... yeah, I've been a, a a road rage person, shouting but never like threatening violence. Yeah. And but then I've had you know I've I've encouraged people on. I've driven up behind them because they overtook me. So yeah. I've, I've been threatening with the car. Yeah, and then I've been followed around. By the, the guy who then called my bluff. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I'm like, what the hell? When I was driving around, I was like, I'm going to have to drive into a police station. Actually, I thought I remembered you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, the guy with the white Audi. No, but um, it's, um, yeah, that kind of stuff, it just begets itself. It just it keeps just building up. You're only going to get one response. I've had very little the last few years, but I used to have a lot of that. And the, the bit that I look back, it's shame, you know, like... Um, but I look back, and uh, there was a time, one time, where this guy had done something. I don't know what he did, but and we pulled up to a roundabout, and there was a car in front, so he couldn't pull off away from me. Yeah, and I jumped out of my car, and I just started, and he locked himself in his car. And I was kicking his car, like you know, and uh, just trying to get at him, yeah. basically. And I look back, and my son was in the car. How old was your son? He was probably about. 10, 12, something like that, you know. But the look on his face, oh, see, that's the, the look on his face I remember. Yeah. Because there's two things there, aren't there? You're scaring, your, your son's scared. Yeah. 
you know. You're an animal. You you're know, a like, yeah, you're a, a, yeah, you're a monster. So, and also your your responsibility. Yeah. To be to show your son the way. How to be, yeah. How to be. Yeah. So that was what I was showing him. Yeah. How to be. Yeah. You know. So when you say shame, you think of that. I, I think of that. But then, if I'm just ashamed of it, it doesn't do any good, does it? Sure. So what I do now is, if I can use that to reflect and and give myself, you yeah. know, uh, that little bit of a calming down time. Yeah, you should wear. Yeah, you wear it as a, kind of like a totem of. Yeah. This is what it can be, and this is what you never want to be again. Yeah, this is all where of that. we're driving away from. Yeah, and, and, and the important thing is how you, ha- how you end up. You know, like, so I've done terrible things. My kids have seen things they shouldn't have seen. But my kids now are proud of me. They're proud of what I do. I get wonderful... I get, I get lovely stuff from them feedback you know personal stuff that I don't share my daughter's at uni she made me the most wonderful video really uh, at uni and all about my dad and it was Merry Christmas it was I got it this Christmas I'll send it to you because I don't that stuff I don't put out because it's for me you know but like that's when you know you're doing a good job yeah well by their standards yeah but yeah (laughs) but If they get, to, if they do bother to listen to this, they'll go. Well, yeah, well, he's making out. He's really lovely. He's a miserable. You know, what he does is moan all day and well, you everything. You talked about that, but there's nothing wrong with being uh, like critical, <laughs> moaning with a, you know, for fun as well. Well, you're human, aren't you? Yeah, you've got to exactly. have some fun, haven't you? <laughs> you've got to hate someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, <laughs> moaned at the telly. <laughs> it feels like um, uh, dissatisfaction has worked out really well for you. Mm. You know, you were dissatisfied with your life. You've tried to fix it in a way that wasn't a long-term solution um, with, you know, alcohol and other substances. And then you went through this change, which, you know, gives to you and gives to so many other people and is, you has a future. Yeah. You can kind of see, I hate using the word scaling because everyone uses it in like business, but you can see this kind of scaling out and developing and getting better as it gets bigger. Yeah. You know. So we haven't got long, have we? No. We haven't got long on this earth, you know? And it's important to just leave something behind. We all have to leave. We all, well, unfortunately, we all leave something behind. But it's making sure that it's something positive. Yeah. And the less time you've got left, yeah. the more valuable it all seems. Yeah. You know? And this is what I wanted to do with Haircuts for Homeless. It's got to get bigger than it started off about me. And luckily now, it's more than me. Yeah, and I know I'm on the advert and all that stuff, but it it it's going to get to the point where it's just haircuts for homeless. Yeah, um, and it, if that carries on, no, when that carries on, um, it's something that you've you know you've you've left behind. Yeah, indelible. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. What is your relationship with death? I've come close to it a few times, you know, like. Um, does it don't really bother me too much. It's um I'm not affected too much. Like just lost my mother in law, you know, and um and I've lost my father, I lost my dad. Um so I've been and I lost my dad. I've lost people. But I it don't really frighten me, you know. Um I think life's scarier than death. Is is death a motivator? 
um, I wouldn't say that. Because um, it feels like you're, doing, you're trying to get as much done yeah, yeah. with the years you've got left yeah. of meaning. I've got to be like, I'm not dying, by the way, anyone. When I say that to people, they look at you and think, oh, has he got something? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I've no, got, you, you just I don't know a, when I'm going, but... You seem awake. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a perfect word for it, because we, we so much as a society, we're asleep. Uh. And being awake, that's perfect, because it's something we talk about a lot um, when we're, you know, when we're, we're sort of trying to help people in recovery. It's that being asleep... Yeah. You know, we need to wake, we need to wake up, and I'm constantly drifting off. But when I'm awake, yeah, um, that's when I'm really firing. Yeah, yeah. Why homeless people? Like, why that cause? Because I feel like you you were obviously in search of something um, bigger than yourself. Uh, yeah, but that could have been anything. Why did you choose homeless people? It started off with with people in recovery. And that's where it began. Like most things, um, it, it came about by accident. So it started off with part of recovery is you help other people. You, you, you share it out. Um, so 13 years ago, so about, after about three years in, I wanted to start to help people. So I was, doing, I was going to the Salvation Army in Romford and just doing these talks, sort of a couple of hour talks. So I've done that for quite a few years with, with different people. And then I actually saw a guy in America doing these makeovers, Mark Bustos. And he was doing these street makeovers in New York. And it just, being a hairdresser, oh, it's really cool. And I was in there and I just thought, I saw the guys come in lunchtime to get their something to eat. And I thought, I'll go early next week, take my scissors, and then I'll do a few haircuts. And that's all it was ever going to be. Yeah. And it went from that to that to that to that. What happened was, is the more I interacted with homeless people, the more engaged I become. Yeah. So it went from, like, I've got loads and loads of friends and loads of people I've been through recovery with who are still doing that, and I love that they do that. But my calling's gone off now on a tangent, and, and homeless people is where I feel... You know, like I often say, I love. I've got, I haven't got favourites, but I love the Whitechapel Mission, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just because it's so street down. You know, down, down there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, raw. <laughs> it's raw. Yeah, thank you. It's raw, and it's like people are people are really suffering, but you've got that wonderful bit of humanity going on. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was about the homeless people, but then it became about the people working in the homeless centres and then it became about the volunteers. You know, we've got over 600 volunteers across the UK. We've got over 50 projects now. And it's meeting hairdressers all over the country, meeting volunteers in these centres and people who work for these centres because some people, it's a job. Mm, yeah. But it's not, it's more than a job. You can tell with some people. You know, I'm going to shout out to Sonia in Whitechapel Mission, this wonderful, beautiful human being, who, and that's her job. But when you see her interacting with people and their problems yeah. and the love she gives out, because sometimes it's tough love, you know, because like, sure. they'll, they'll try and manipulate and she's, yeah. don't you be doing that to me. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, it's yeah. brilliant to see yeah. someone who truly cares about their fellow human being, you know. Yeah. 
it's attractive. They're people have got like an aura, aren't they? I yeah, think. yeah, they definitely. Yeah, have. They, yeah, and they feel like they've got that that purpose and mission. Yeah, do you know I mean I think that's very people are lacking a lot of that. Yeah, nowadays people are looking for that, and they're they're you know they're finding a temporary cessation of it in whatever. Yeah, that's not really enduring, mm. but that you know. Whenever we see it, that's why I think that advert, even though it was so weird, because you told me about your advert, I hadn't seen it because I didn't yeah. watch The X Factor. Yeah. But then my wife and I were sitting down and something came on and I was like, wow, this is really beautiful music. Wow, what a great... I was like, it's you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, didn't realise that I said to my wife, you know, um, that's the, the... This is Haircuts for Homeless is the thing that he's working on. And it's just so compelling straight away. It just it really um, kind of cuts to the heart of kind of meaning and yeah. what you should be spending your life doing and, and helping. I think people have been through that kind of life um, or near death experience. Yeah, that's kind of that does put things into perspective for them in the sense yeah. if they realise if they were to go now, what would they be happy to leave or what would they um, how would they measure their contribution? But isn't that a shame? It's really a shame, isn't it? A shame that it takes like. To lose someone, yeah, to appreciate how much you thought of them, yeah, you know, appreciate them now while they're here, I you know, know. And, and 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 like when you, it takes you to lose everything to appreciate, you know, all that stuff, yeah, it's that trying to tap into somehow tapping into um, how important this stuff is before you know before you lose it. Like I say, live like you haven't got long left, yeah. You know, maybe that's why I do do that. I don't know. And I think it's become my religion. I think that's talking to you and I think that's become my God. I think, you know, yeah, like yeah. The, the, the homelessness and the mission and the yeah. stuff. That's my faith now yeah. in yeah. people. It's, 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 it's seeing the best in people. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where people my faith is now. looked as well. Yeah. But also the people working with them. And yeah. The, the, you know. and Giving their time. Yeah. 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 That's brilliant. We've, we're over our mark again. Sure. I could speak to you every month <laughs> if, if we had the option. I don't mind. <laughs> I definitely think we, we want to come down and, yeah, um, yes, most definitely. to the mission. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. to the mission. It's the yeah. one I... Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I say to people to come. Like, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's good. The people there are great. Yeah. <laughs> you meet Sonia. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she did um, stand out. No, no, I'm talking about Looney, actually. Is it Looney, the one with the... Oh, oh Lonnie. Lonnie. With yeah, the red yeah. hair. Is she about Whitechapel? No, she's at Ipswich. Oh, okay. She gets two trains. Now, I believe the people, what people say about young people, you know, yeah. like not wanting to get on. She <laughs> takes... It, well, it was three trains. We've changed the route now. But she was getting up at five in the morning, getting three trains, um, and then spending the whole day with me and then getting the three trains back Jeez. just to get that hairdressing day training. Yeah. yeah. And it, it people, and then they said they want to help themselves, you know. Yeah. Right? That's motivation. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but Lonnie's great, and the guy in the middle of that advert, lovely guy, and I was doing him a head massage. He lifted the the um, voiceover up. Right, so it melts all your troubles away. They like that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. He died at Christmas. Oh no. He, he died, passed away on the streets. So there's that. So there's that sort of happy, sad stuff going on, isn't there? Jeez. Yeah. You know that stuff where. It's a real shame, you know, another lovely man gone. But um, Lonnie's yeah. the, the, the nice stuff, you know. Gosh, that's awful, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Is that why oh. you want to practice like, being able to train some more people to do what Yeah, yeah, because, well, early this year, the, the lottery turned us down for funding. Yeah. 
um, because I, I had this. But I'm glad. I'm so glad they turned us because <laughs> in my head, my ego reared its ugly head, and I was going to open up this academy in Romford, and I was going to, you know. I just was replacing my old. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was just that. Oh, this, I now have this big place, and I, you know, that's all that was. It was pure ego bollocks, and yeah. so you're not still taking this, are you? I just swore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can, you can. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but that that was what it was. But I realised now. Thank God the lottery didn't give us the money then. Yeah. Because it made me think outside the box and go right now. What we got to do now? Yeah, we got to make it. We got to show it does work. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I thought I'll, I'll take one through with no because I've got no money, so I've got to yeah. do it. Yeah, so I'll yeah. take one through. It's just my time. Yeah, and I managed to. T- um, I've got a great relationship with Jet Training in Basildon, and it's a great place. And they said, look, anything you want, just come down. You can have the place whenever. Oh, brilliant! So we worked it out once a fortnight, and then we had a little bit of money. We had we. We pay for Lonnie's tickets. Yeah. So there's no, you know, we just, I, I get the ticket sensor online, you know, so Brilliant. you're not having the money out. But, and it's just working. Yeah. And it's working so well yeah. that we yeah. now know. Yeah. And we've, we've gone back to them and hopefully we're at the second stage yeah. that they may then give us the proper funding. Mm. Great. That we can then roll it out. And then so, but our core product or pro, core project is the Haircuts Firmless, but yeah. this is the, the, the add-on, the bolt-on. Yeah. But it's very... We can reach a lot of people in one session, but it's very time-consuming for one person. It's worth it, because yeah. every person's worth it. Yeah. But I realise now, now that I've done it, yeah. that it's very time-consuming for one. So it's going to have to be one or two people, but we can do that all across the UK. Yeah. Because there's these private training academies that are more than happy to go, look, we'll have someone. Yeah, We really can't have a classroom full of people. We, sure. We practically... But one or two on one to or two. an existing, yeah. And, and, and we can't be street homeless, unfortunately. They've got to be someone who's on their way back. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And But we come across so many people who've had... They say, oh, I used to be a hairdresser, I used to have yeah. started my training, and yeah, like yeah. Lonnie, done some training went on the street couldn't finish it so yeah. they're the people we can even guys say oh, I used to cut hair in prison I know how to cut yeah, hair yeah. Yeah. Oh, we've got a basis of something there to build on yeah that's so fantastic that's, well, yeah. oh best Good of luck with it yeah it's great <laughs> love it we'll definitely, we're gonna, we'll catch up with you kind of end of the year and see how you're doing maybe yeah, do another yeah, podcast yeah. That'd and be catch great. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that'd be fine thank you yeah. thanks so much for coming in really yeah. appreciate it yeah likewise yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. And we'll put all the links in the in the podcast. Is there anything yeah. else you want to link to while we're on? No. Cool. No, we're all no. good. All right. I'll leave you my card. Yeah. <laughs> I finally got some. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Thanks so much for coming in, mate. Thank you. Chat to you soon. Oh,